As most of you know, we've been in a series on guardrails, and you can see it on the sidewalls there. And guardrails, of course, they're a mechanical device uh, in the natural, they're a mechanical device that keeps us out of trouble, keeps us from a danger area that we do not want to go, right? And you'll see them along bridges, uh, along curves, along where traffic comes together. You'll see them different places. In fact, Carlin sent me an article from the Wayne County Press that out on I-57, a guy hit a guardrail and it saved him from going into farther danger. So guardrails are important in the natural because they protect us. But just as important as they are in the natural, in our spiritual lives, they can be just as important, if not even more important. Because, you know, nobody wants to go past a guardrail and get down into a ditch. But in the same sense, nobody wants to get off somewhere spiritually where they shouldn't be and hurt their family and hurt their friends and hurt their children. Nobody wants to do that, right? That's right. So we've been talking about guardrails. Now, now let me tell you about these guardrails. You, will not, you probably will not learn these at school, okay? You probably will not learn them at work. And there's a good chance you will not learn them from your friends either. No, we, we have to learn them from the Word of God. Because God, does, He wants to protect us. He wants to lead us and guide us. And the guardrail I want to talk to you today about is an attitude of faith. And I want to show you, we're going to look at David's life. We're going to look at Abraham's life if we have time. And I want to show you that they had an attitude of faith. And because they did, it kept them out of trouble. And it kept them on track. Now, let me tell you, when I was sitting down here praising and worshiping the Lord this morning, I was not praising him and worshiping him for what he had done for me this morning. Although I woke up healthy, I woke up full of energy and ready to go. But that wasn't the reason I was praising him today. I was praising him because I'm not where I used to be. Amen. Amen. And see, that's what we have to get. That's what we have to get over in our mind that we have to praise him from where we used to be and that we're not there no more. We have to praise him for what he has done for us. Last week, the month before, a year before, and even if you have to go all the way back to the cross, we must praise him. Now, see, here's the danger. You see, if we do not praise him and glorify his name at the drop of a hat, we will never walk in an attitude of faith. You know why? Because we will forget the great things he's done for us. We will forget about how we used to be. We'll forget all that thing. You know the scripture says, bless the Lord with all my soul. And that's talking about praising him. Bless the Lord with all my soul. And then it says, and forget none of his benefits. You know why? Because if you forget his benefits, you will not praise him. No, don't get me mad this morning, I'll tell you. Somebody's going to have to help me. Because I will. Oh. Cody and Edie, you're sitting right in front of Chester. And that could be a dangerous place. I don't know if I can reach him or not. No. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, we live in a country, the greatest country in the world. 
Do you realize, let me give you a few things to praise him about. Do you realize that you could have been born in a third world country just as easy as being born in the greatest nation in the world? Do you realize that? Do you realize that most of you got here today, you wasn't in a horse and buggy, you wasn't walking, you was riding in a vehicle, and more than likely it was a nice vehicle? That's a good reason to praise him. Do you know, I'm going I'm to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say not a one of you slept out under the stars last night because you didn't have a place to, place to sleep. That's a good reason to praise him. I'm betting. I'm betting more than likely that most of you here have family or friends that love you. I'm just betting that. I'm betting some of you have a, have a wife that loves you or a husband that loves you. I bet you have children that love you. That's a good reason to praise him. Now stand up and praise him. Come on! Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise you, Lord! Praise you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! Yes! Praise you, Lord! <laughs> All right, thank you, folks. You're just going to sit down. Thank you for entertaining me on that. But see, if we don't, if we forget about where we used to be, and if we forget about what he's done for us, you know how we'll praise him? Well, yeah, yeah. I don't like this song. The music's too loud. That's, that's the way we do. And we'll sit there and we think, oh, I wish we could sit down. Oh, I'm tired of standing. Oh, we sing this song all the time, or I don't know this song. That's the reason I'm not singing, because I don't know the words of this song. That's why I'm not I just don't like this type of music. Let me tell you that none of that has anything to do with who God is. None of that has anything to do. Let me, let me put it like this. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you one more, and then I'm going to go on. Somebody say amen to that. Yeah. I'm going to give you one more, and then, then I'll go on. How many of you, if it wasn't for the love of God, would be going to hell right now? Three, three people. Four, five, six. Raise your hand. You know what? I've said this before. When I was in the world, I didn't like dead parties. And now that I'm in church, I don't like dead churches either. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> the attitude of faith. Let me tell you about the attitude of faith. You will never have it by accident. It's not something you'll accidentally stumble across. Because the whole world is against faith. The whole world thinks that you've got to be weak-minded to be a Christian. You've got to be weak-minded to believe in the Word of God. You've got to be weak-minded to stand and on the principles of God. The truth is, you better have a strong heart if you want to have an attitude of faith. Because the things that you see around you and your obstacles in front of you will go against where God is leading you. Attitude of faith. God's ultimate desire for all men, men women, and children is for, for us just to believe that he is who he says he is. 
That's all he wants. No more, no less. Just, he just wants us to believe that he is who he says he is. And then he wants us to praise him for it. And then he wants us to remember and forget none of his benefits. Have an attitude of faith. It's, it's something that we have to work at. We have to, we have to remember the past. You know, when uh, I got a chance to go to Israel in 2008, I believe it was. And in Israel, almost every, of course, there's churches everywhere there. And every church you go in, there's biblical scenes on the walls. And, you know, and some people consider it very religious and, and things like that. But, you know, it's really not. You know what it is? They are remembering. They are remembering that what God has done for them in the past. They remember where they were prior to the coming of Jesus Christ. They remember where they was prior to Abraham following God. They, they remember that. And that's what we have to do to, to, to have this attitude of faith. And it won't happen by accident. Something we have to work at. We can see in Genesis 14, we see that Abraham had this attitude of faith. I want you to notice this. In Genesis 14, Abraham refused to take any gifts from the king of Sodom. He refused to. The king was wanting to repay him and give him all kinds of, of stuff, but Abraham said no. He says, I'm not going to let anybody give me anything because then everybody will think that man made me rich instead of God. You know, sometimes we have that attitude in church. Sometimes we think, yeah, you know, I, you know, I finally got my life straightened up, you know, and I finally did this, and I finally got a good job, and I did all that. No, no, that's what God done for you. It's not us. It's not us. But see, if we forget that, we will never have an attitude of faith. We won't. Because we think, oh, yeah, I'm growing, I'm maturing. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing really good. Yeah, I'm doing really good. And the whole time, God said, oh, my goodness. Do they not know how messed up they used to be? Do they not remember what their life was like when they had control of it? You know, I'll tell you another, let me tell you another pet peeve. This must be a pet peeve day. Is that on the calendar? Is that on Facebook, a pet peeve day? <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, what was my pet peeve? Man, you are lucky I forgot that one. <laughs> lucky yuns. No, I remember it now. Okay, this is it. You know, sometimes the longer we have been saved and the longer we have served the Lord, the quieter we get. And the more sophisticated we get. But you know, that is so biblically wrong. You know, that is so biblically off. Let me tell you why. Because the more we read his word, the more we worship him, and the more we pray to him, the more he manifests himself into our lives, we should get to know him better. And the better we get to know him, glory to God, we should shout and sing. You know what David done? He danced before the Lord with all of his might. And this was toward the end of his life. Jacob, 
The scripture says in Hebrews 11, Jacob, at the very end of his life, do we have a, we have a staff here? We don't have, do we? At, the scripture says that Jacob, at the very end of his life, he leaned on his staff because he was so old. He leaned on his staff. And you know what it says then? He was praising the Lord. Man, mm. we need to praise the Lord now. And if we will do that, if we'll not forget what he has done for us and what he's brought us out of, we can have an attitude of faith. Abraham, he started out saying he wouldn't take any money or any riches from the king of Sodom because he wanted God to get the glory for making him rich. And then one day come around and God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Oh, that'd be a stretch, wouldn't it? And when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, Abraham, he stood in faith. He stood in faith because he knew. He didn't forget. He knew that everything that God had led him out of, he knew the time he had protected him. What was it? We seen on Wednesday night, 300, I think it's 364 men, Abraham's men, Abraham's warriors, 364 defeated four armies at one time. Abraham knew what God had done for him. Abraham knew. And then, so when he was taking Isaac up, and then when they was going to that sacrificial mountain, I just know every step of the way, he was thinking, my God will provide. He was praising God all the way. He was giving God glory because he knew. He had not forgotten that his God was there to provide for him. It's true. Now, many of us, you know, if God would ask us to do something out of our comfort zone, maybe it's not sacrifice your child, but maybe it's something else out of our comfort zone, we'd say, no, Lord, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But what Abraham done, he remembered what God had done for him. And then when he marched up on that mountain with his son and, I, and Isaac said, where, where is the sacrifice Abraham had the attitude of faith and said, all right, God will provide. And see, that's why we should praise him every day. Not because of the rosy circumstances that we have around us. Not because I have the perfect job or the perfect wife or my children are all walking in a straight line. But we should praise him because what he's done in the past. And that is an attitude of faith. That is an attitude that God can move on. That is an attitude that God can agree with. That is an attitude that will bring God on the scene of your situations. Ha <laughs> And I hope you've got that. We can have this same attitude of faith. By remembering what God has done for us in the past. You know, I really think the churches in America as a whole 
our biggest problem is exactly that. Our memory is so short when it comes to what God has done for us. And when that happens, that makes people the most miserable people on the face of the earth. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Now, I don't mean this mean. I'm just, uh, you know, God's growing us up. He's wanting us, to, he's wanting us to come on. He's wanting us to grow up so we, that we can do more for him. God has created us to walk by faith. He's created us to be victorious. He's created us to follow him. And then we, and if you're a born-again child of God, you have that inside of you. And when we refuse to do that, it goes against what's inside of us. And we have this battle going on. And it creates some of the most miserable people there is. Not because they're not born again, but because we forget what God has done for us. We forget that we're not going to hell no more. We forget of all the things that we have around us. Let me share one more story with you. I knew I, knew, I, knew, I had a friend, a super nice guy, had a, had a wife that loved him, had two beautiful kids. And I, we was talking back and forth one day and and he was telling me, we was talking about tithing. It just so happened we were talking about tithing. But it could be anything else. And he says, I have tithed my entire life. And as far as I can tell, it's never helped me. And you know what? And I thought, oh, my goodness. He don't see how much his wife loves him. He don't see his beautiful children right there that God has blessed him with. Pour out. Open the windows of heaven was poured out on his life with love and mercy and a good family and people that loved him around him, and he couldn't see it. All he could see was his checkbook. What happened? He forgot what God had given him. He had forgot of all the blessings that God had placed in his life. And because of that, he could not have or walk in faith. It was destroying him. We see this same thing, this attitude of faith in David's life. The same thing. We, we see this. Of course, David, when he comes to Goliath, that's, that's kind of in the middle of the story. But prior to that, you know, David said that God was with him when the lion was attacking his sheep. And David killed the lion. Don't you know that David had a dancing fit right there after he got done? What would you say after you got done defeat, killing a lion that was going to kill you, what would you say? Would you praise the Lord? Or would you go, mm-mm? <laughs> huh? Which, which would, now be honest, be honest. Which would you do? Who would you give credit to? Would you give him the praise and glory? Yeah. Or would you say, mm, which would you do? We know what David did. Can you imagine what David did whenever he defeated the bear, the bear that was trying to attack his sheep? What about after that? Do you think he thought in his mind that he's finally honing his, his uh, battle skills and he's perfecting his battle skills, or do you think he praised the Lord? 
He praised the Lord. Absolutely. You see, that's why, see, he had this attitude of faith. That's why when he come up to, come up to Goliath, see, it really wasn't no big deal. Because he had this attitude of faith. Because, see, whenever he come up to Goliath and was going to battle Goliath, it wasn't about Goliath. It was about his God. You know? That's what it was about. It wouldn't matter how tall that giant was. Wasn't many bigger than his God was. Amen. That's why we praise him. <laughs> right there. See, it's not about your struggles. Our praise, when we sing and praise and worship and, and glorify his name, it's not about whether we had a good week or a bad week. It's about him and who he is. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And then when David got before Goliath, it was like, you know, basically he had the attitude like, why haven't you guys already killed this guy? That was his attitude. Now this is what I find odd about that situation. You would surely think that David wasn't the only one that God had moved on behalf of killing the lion and the bear. Surely there's somebody else in the army. I mean, uh, David was taking uh, food and stuff to his brothers. Surely God had shown himself strong on some other people that was at the battlefront, wouldn't you think? Well, sure. God's no respecter of persons. What happened? I'll tell you what probably happened. They forgot. They forgot what God had done for them. David didn't forget. And because he didn't forget, he had the attitude of faith. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we worship you today, Father. Praise you, Father. Father, I just pray, Father, that our eyes of understanding will be open concerning who you are and your love for us and your blessings that flow to us. Father, let us not look at our current situations and try to figure out who you are, but let us look, for, look into your word and into the past things that you've done for us and, and decide what you've done, who you are and what you do for us. Father, we just praise you and worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right. Glory. 
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. 
If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.